Welcome to Owen and Brew's Barbecue. Today we are serving up, you guessed it, frog egg soup with a side of fried spider legs. My name is Matt and I'm joined by a chef that knows his way around the galactic endangered species laws. Nick? I do. That's right. Yeah, and that thanks that for joining. Cra- yeah, anytime. That crate that uh that medium rare crate dragon is also a nice little appetizer we've got planned. <laughs> it, it it is, yeah. I mean, it was it was a toss up. I mean, what yeah. what? But uh, you know, I'm going for the baby Yoda crowd here. Oh yeah, so. yeah. You think you think the, so, you think you think the spider legs would be crispy like a good crab leg, or you think it's gonna? They're be- they're definitely fried by that X wing uh, blaster. Oh, absolutely. So, so spoilers ahead for everything that happens in chapter 10 of The Mandalorian. We're talking season two, episode two, The Passenger. So, um, so right off the bat, we usually talk about what we thought about the episode. So, you know, what were your first takes on this? I enjoyed it for entertainment wise. I felt that there wasn't a lot of meat in this episode. Um <laughs> There's a lot of things to eat, but not mm-hmm. a lot of meat. <laughs> uh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, I was happy with some of the things that we discussed last week that it was like, oh, yeah, that's where, where Matt and I thought it was going to go, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. It's kind of like how we, in the first episode, though, we really enjoyed the first episode, but as in plot wise, it didn't push it forward a lot. Mm-hmm. This one I felt was kind of a continuance of that. In that it's more like a setup episode to kind of give us a little bit of like, what is he doing now? And then this third episode, I think it's going to be a nice little like, oh, now we're getting a connection to somebody, you know. And, and in some ways, it almost feels like an echo of season one where, mm-hmm. stay with me on this. Yeah. It was Suka themed. Suka, Suka. Right, it was right. egg themed. I mean, the, right. the second episode from season one, it, it, it felt kind of like, just like a transition episode, mm-hmm. you know, focused around an egg. A egg, yeah. You're right. I didn't think about the eggs plural been in the single <laughs> egg, but you're right. It, it, yeah, and but I, I said that. Remember, I said that last week too that it did feel like some things were echoing season one here, and yeah, and so I hope that it's not a continued theme throughout the entire season. But right, because uh, because because then we're gonna get to season or episode four, five, and six, and be like, come on. Oh. Okay, yeah, they're there. Oh, we got like a village to save. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, my my take or my first reactions to it, you know, um, I, I I think I may have shared this already, and and maybe the exchange on our on our messaging messaging. Um, but uh, as a family, it's 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 kind of nice because Friday nights, you know, the kids are done with school. You know, it's like, hey, it's it's family Friday night. We're gonna sit down to have some dinner and watch this show. And uh, my wife wanted Chinese and I said, Hey, <laughs> let's not eat the Chinese and watch this episode. Cause remember last episode with the vomiting acid, and my wife was like, yeah, you're right. We should probably just eat the, eat. cause she had it all set up. Like we were going to do like TV dinner style, like, you know, like let's, let's watch and eat. And I was like, mm. you know, so we ate the Chinese and in, I feel vindicated yeah. <laughs> that as it happened. We were like, yeah, good choice on that. Um, it, it was interesting, you know, cause I, you know, I have the, I have a little audience that I can kind of like see engage their, their reactions to specifically my kids. And <laughs> at the end of it, they were like, my son specifically, he was like, 
we need a good episode. <laughs> that was his reaction. You know, he was like, we need a good episode. And he said, ah, I hope the next episode's better. You know, so he now, was a little bit more let down by it. Um, and does he mean good? I mean, because like there was definitely some people that were, I had read that complained about it because they thought it was dark in tone. Now, does he mm-hmm. mean good as in like a lighthearted episode or does he mean like just a, a straight up like action episode or like. Uh, that's yeah. I didn't, I didn't press him on that. Um, oh, okay. But I, I think that there was probably a little bit of both there. The fact that it was, it was a little darker and scarier mm-hmm. and, um, and then there was, there was that aspect of like, you know, I think he wanted more of that satisfying meal that you talked about. Like the first episode, like felt like a rounded out, you know, um, there were there were certain you know it was definitely one of those episodes too that they were like I don't think we're gonna watch that one again for a while. No. So that was their that was their in, initial you know like mm. well it reminded me a lot of Harry Potter. Uh, I think it's the second movie or the third movie, one with the spiders in the forest. Uh, and that's what you know mm. he gets there and you know you see the big one pop up over the thing and then, like all the little ones are chasing. It was like oh this is and, oh, and I even yeah. like my sister after she watched she's like what would you think and that was my immediate response it was like why couldn't it have been follow the butterflies because that's what Ron <laughs> says as they're going into the forest. It's like it was like oh huh. this is like Harry Potter. You know? Huh. I didn't yeah I didn't catch pick up on that um, that pop culture kind of connection there but. Uh, it, you know, on rewatch and even just my my reactions to it, you know, there were things that I, I did enjoy about it. So it wasn't a complete like, you know, blow off episode for me. I wouldn't say that it's, you know, my favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, I did fall into that camp of like, you know, you could see that once and you're like, I'm good. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I mean, you know, there's well, not much that happens. There's not. Yeah, there's not. And what does happen in some things and we can get into it. It's just like they would show some things and they kind of led nowhere or. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, was this just like a throwaway five minutes? Like, you know, where, what is this about? I mean, unless you go mm-hmm. back and explain it or like come back to it in another episode, then it's like, what's the point of having this scene? Uh, I'm mostly like I'm being negative, but, you know, because I did enjoy it. But yeah, well, and in uh, the other person that I, that I always talk to about uh, these episodes, much in the same way, like you talk to your sibling, I, I, I talked to my brother. And, uh, you know, he was being the, him being the Boba Fett fan was definitely disappointed that we didn't get more Boba Fett. <laughs> well, I wasn't surprised there. <laughs> I wasn't either. But there was a part of me, I guess, with the tagline of, of saying like that uh, he's got a, you know, there was there was something in the, the tagline for this episode or the description, I should say, not the tagline, but the description where it said that, the you know, he's got a special passenger or something like that. Or I can't remember what uh, what it mm-hmm. says, but um so for me, you know, reading that, I was like, oh, maybe it's going to be Boba Fett. Maybe he's going to take him somewhere, you know, le- it'll lead some somewhere. And I'm probably reading a little bit more into that. But there was that aspect of of as the first episode ended and you see Boba Fett kind of watching, you know, the Mandalorian ride off, you know, like. I was kind of thinking, well, is he going to follow him? Is he going to catch up with him? Is he going to, is there going to be a little bit of an interaction here that says like, um, I don't know. So, so then even as this episode began, I kind of thought, well, this, how is, how is Boba Fett going to even catch up to him? And so then you, you see this wrecked speeder. So then that kind of led me down the path of like, Hmm, maybe, maybe we will get something more. And um, I was fine. You know, I'm, I'm not, 
I don't want this to become the Boba Fett show or even the Mandalorian and Boba Fett show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, I guess when you tease a character like that, um, you kind of think, Hmm, when will they, when will we see him again? Like, I, I don't, I don't know if that was just kind of like a one and done, like here he is, he's alive people. And now he's gone. Like, it seems kind of weird to introduce the armor, the character, I think maybe it might be more of a long play for the season, perhaps. Oh, no doubt, yeah. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't even see him again this season. Um, mm-hmm. if, if we do, it'd be at the very tail end. Because I, I can see it be some situation where he's kind of like he was at the beginning of this episode, like he gets in trouble, but this time he's really in trouble. And mm-hmm. then kind of like how Obi-Wan rescues Luke, it's the same thing. Like, all of a sudden you see the, you know, the, the gaffy stick, like just come and hit somebody over the head, and then there's Boba Fett, you know, like, you know. Yeah. Helps him out. I mean, but who knows? Um, so not not a complete write-off for me. Um, and, you know, I, I don't always go... I don't always uh, pay a lot of attention or, or buy into the IMDb ratings, but I do kind of look at them and, and just kind of see, like, okay, well, what are the fans and the people that have watched this ranking this? Um, and so currently the, the Passenger is ranked at 7.9, with chapter four, the sanctuary still being the lowest ranked one on IMDb at 7.8. So, mm-hmm. oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. The gunslinger, excuse me, the gunslinger was 7.6. So, huh. the, okay. the, the, the highest still is redemption at 9.3. Yeah. That's what I was going to guess somewhere around 7.8, 7.9, or 79, whatever you said. You know, uh, you know, like, I actually like the gunslinger. I mean, I, I remember when we discussed it a year ago, I wanted more of that episode. I felt it was kind of shoehorned in there. The ending, especially mm-hmm. as like, I felt it could have been a two part episode. Um, and that's my only disappointment with the episode really is that I, I wanted more from it. Like to introduce this really cool bounty hunter slash assassin assassin, and then yeah. to kill her off at the end. So like randomly and you're like, Oh man, it could have gone so many places with that. It would have been so cool. And they didn't. Um, right. Um, yeah, no, I, I do. I do remember us talking about that and and just the possibilities that were kind of truncated by that, that setup. Mm Um, well, let's, let's dive into this, this episode and and kind of the flow of it. Yeah. Or was there, did you have some notes that you wanted to No, just just starting at the episode? Like I actually loved the opening scene, uh, a lot. Um, because you have this huge, you have this wide angle shot of just the speeder bike in the distance coming right at the camera. Yeah, and uh, I thought that was such a cool shot. I actually wanted them. I thought I felt they ended it too soon. Like I wanted it to actually. I would have liked it if it would have blown past you, and the camera mm. would have followed it around to show him like riding past you, like I guess in like a, a point of view kind of shot. I, th- I thought that would have worked really well, but I mean, still, I, I just loved it because you it kind of reminds me of any desert shot. Yeah. That really kind of like uh, hazy, hazy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. On the, on the horizon. You're like, Oh, that's so cool. And then you hear the sound coming in and, then, you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and just a little uh, personal note here. Um, my, uh, my little notification on my, my cell phone, my, my ringtone for, and it's only for texts. So mm-hmm. if I get a text, it is the speeder bag. It is oh. the speeder bike. Boom. Cool. And and so, um, <laughs> but, it, but like most sound effects, as you add it to your ringtone, every time you hear it now, you're like, wait, am I getting a text or is this in the 
show. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, like so. uh, I only have one. It's only for my sister. She's the Imperial Im- Imperial Probe Droid. So every time, oh nice, that's the sound that that she has. I'm like, oh, there's my sister. Yeah, it's 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 interesting how we we all fall under the Pavlov dog, you know, kind of rule when when we hear those certain noises now. So for a while, I I mean, a long time ago when ringtones were first a thing, I I think I had the paint it black, the 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 sitar to paint it black as like a. And uh, it kind of almost ruined that song for me. So I had to like, just kind of like kill it. Cause it was just like, every time I heard that, I was like, mm, okay. Yeah. The only one I had, uh, not to get too sidetracked here, people, but um, yeah, I had, uh, <laughs> I had ashes to ashes for a while for mine. Oh yeah. And I liked it, but I remember Jay, we were in San Diego and he heard it that. And like Jay just looks at me and goes, dude, you got to change that. It's like, it's so annoying. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> fine. You know, which I, I did see his point, you know, because it was every message. It was just constantly hearing ashes to ashes. And you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you enjoy Nick and I rambling about the most random thing, join us on RCAD. That is, that is the Ramblecast After Dark. We talk about everything and we do get more explicit. So... And there's two other guys, I guess. I don't know. Well, sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, if we let them talk. Yeah. So, yeah, we, so we see the speeder bike going towards Mos Eisley. And uh, we see an ambush getting set up, which I yeah. thought was neat. That could be pretty cool. You know, uh, we see them bury the trip line. And I'm already getting images of, you know, uh, uh, indoor with the uh, with the Ewoks, speeder bikes, you know, speeder bikes. Yeah. yeah, like you know, I'm like, okay, like what's gonna happen here? Is it gonna cut him in half? Is it gonna not throw him off? Like what happens? Mm-hmm. You know, but you know, he actually he does hit him. It it propels the bike and Baby Yoda forward, and then of course having a jetpack, you know, he's quick quick to think and he ignites it, but does come crashing down hard on his legs. You know, most likely he probably would have ripped an ACL, but you know, this is the Mandalorian here. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, specifically for that part, I mean it. In that very brief moment, if if you're you know, especially on second watch, you see him use the uh, controls on right. his on his arm, and uh, and I like that because of the payoff. Mm-hmm. So you know it, the the it's right there. It's all explained. So, and of of course, Baby Yoda falling. I mean, like who wasn't like no Baby Yoda. Because you know that would have hurt. You know, and oh, especially yeah. as little as he is, but anyway, he just rolls forward. And he seems to be okay. Um, but uh, you know this this scene kind of threw me off a little bit, and I wanted a little bit more from it because it you know at first I just thought they were robbers like anyone else on Tatooine. It's like opportunists, oh, sure. opportunists like oh we're gonna take his bike, we're gonna take his money, we're gonna take whatever. But it almost seemed like they had a purpose, but they don't really get mm-hmm. into it at all because you know that's the first thing you hear is the two big guys look at what you, I assumed was a um, a. Uh, a Jawa that was unmasked, you know, cause it, he kind of had that same build and almost kind of had that same language. Uh, but to look at him and say like, you know, get the, get the child, which I'm like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. So are they getting a child because maybe they're after the bounty or mm-hmm. do they just think it's important to get the child because that's a vulnerable spot? Like, I don't know. And right. I kind of wanted some kind of information here. Uh, cause it doesn't happen. I think I think the only thing that we can be like to, to I guess with the clues that we were given and the fact that he bargains with um, 
I have it written down. There is no way that I scrap jaw Motito, mm-hmm. um, who is seen in uh, the Force Awakens, right? Um, and again, we we're not quite clear. I don't I don't think there's any verification if it's the same actual character that's in the Force Awakens or if it's just this is because it. it you know, it's like, is this an alien? Is this what all these scrap jaw lo- locals look like? <laughs> um, or is that an actual bounty hunter? And that's his, you know, that's his gig, you know, like that's what he actually, or character, you know, not bounty hunter, but uh, um, there, the, with these thugs though, um, one of the trivia notes that I have here, one of them has a Hoth insignia on its arm. Oh, so I thought that was a interesting, like, why a Hoth insignia and why, you know, it's like such a random mm-hmm. thing that would, would, you know, so uh, the uh, Nictu, the Nictu uh, has a name and I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. You can look <laughs> it up on your own. Um, I, is, come on, Wikipedia. Like, let's just, let's just have a pronunciation right after like these complicated words, you know, get somebody from Lucasfilm storyboards or Lucasfilm, you know, uh, you know, get one of the holocron keepers to like help you out. Like, let's get some pronunciation on it. Get it out there phonetically, you know, because yeah. I, there's too many vowels I can't and hyphens and, and yeah, yeah like, you put in those at you know the the uh, apostrophe on some of these things, and it's like, how am I supposed to pronounce that? So, um, but yes, the uh, I think just because he's able to barter, um makes me believe but i mean how would they know that he's coming i mean they're clearly right i don't know i mean it it's uh it, it does raise some questions but he's able to barter at least with this uh scrap jaw um to take anything that he wants and of course he takes the backpack which ends hilarious because i love the interaction here between the mandalorian and baby yoda like mm-hmm. one Baby Yoda is just like coming to him, and and I feel like this is a growth between the two characters. You see, you see this in this episode. If if there's one thing that we can point to of like, you know, what what are we getting? And we're actually seeing the, their relationship grow. Mm-hmm. There's multiple times in this episode where their interactions become more father son, right? And I and I really enjoy that aspect of this, um, specifically like you know, baby Yoda wanting like, or the child we'll call it um, wanting, you know, help. And then him picking him up and there's a really cute like photo screen grab. Somebody did of, of baby Yoda holding his thumb, which is just so sweet because that's, that's something, you know, but yeah, like he, yeah. Like he's, he's holding his thumb when he's, when he's in his, when he's, when Mando's holding him in his, in his like arms there. (laughs) Um, and there's just that funny interaction where he looks up at him as like he, after he, yeah, yeah you know and and he kind of yeah he does it's like it's all visual and i love that because mm-hmm. you know as mando and we've talked about it from season 1 it's like everything's emoted through that that suit um right speaking of the suit and what takes place after this wouldn't you just die? <laughs> I actually have that written in my notes here. It's just like, you know, you see him walking into town with all the gear through the desert. And you know, there's like yeah. a little AC built into this thing. He would be right. passed out. It's like, there's no way. 
All you that would, armor would, and he's black underneath it. Yeah, you'd be sweating yeah, like crazy. You would kill some brain cells at least. Like, <laughs> I would expect him to not be able to speak, speak Hatties after this, no. which he seems to only have a very minimal grasp of Hatties from what we learn later. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. It, it just seems like a broken kind of Hatties. Speaking of Hatties, though, like, did you notice the, uh, the four letters that were above the cantina this time? Yeah. Those mm-hmm. were not... Uh, I never said it right. The normal letters, though, I couldn't make the, it. Yeah, up. the Orabesh. Yeah. Orabesh. Yeah, there weren't that. They were something else, right. and I assumed it was Hatties. But I was like, oh, because I was overlooking. I'm like, oh, I don't know how to translate this. I was like, what is this? And yeah. it was four letters, so it makes it even weirder. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. it's not Cantina and it's not Bar. So like, what could it be? Um, well, and in and it's not Shaman's Cantina, which is what it's always been referred to um, from the original trilogy. So. Um, uh, my my only thought, and this this relates back to my my own personal journey of learning Japanese, is that uh, at times letters can come together and form kanji, and the kanji is actually like the the symbol that stands for something. So that was kind of right. my like quick take on it. I was like, well, um, whether or not it's, it, it's still Chalmans or not, um, but yeah, I I'm glad that you you thought it because I was like, wouldn't he just be dead? And by the way, like. <laughs> No one's out here. Take off the helmet, man. For real. I mean, we, didn't, we, we didn't even have to see his face. You know, it could have just been like the back of his head, like, you know, or something. But mm-hmm. like, at least he's got some common sense, you know, take it off. Like, come on. Seriously. But, uh, um, but he makes it somehow and doesn't die. Um, or, or I don't know, make up a pop-up tent with a, with a dead Tauntaun and just wait until it's nightfall. So, Tauntaun's in the desert? <laughs> well there's a hoth patch so who true, knows true um i'm sure that's hey, just an easter egg i'm sure that's just an easter oh. egg you know the, the yeah just throw it in there for, yeah, so for see if people notice it um yeah i mean who knows if the cloners patch is ever gonna like pay off right right so the first thing we see when he enters the bar though is uh, a nice another little kind of call out uh you see a gregorian um at yeah. the bar which we, they, I remember when Rogue One came out, you know, they made such a big deal. It was in like, you know, a video game and it was in like some toys. And then like, they only have like one scene in the entire movie where you actually see them. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh man, I thought this was going to be like this cool new thing. And then you don't see them. But so I was glad to see it. I was like, oh look, there's one right there at the bar. Just, uh, just drinking. Yeah. And um, s- speaking of the, of that species, um, the, the trivia that I had read about it, um, it uh, points out that it's spiced. the 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 color of its fur is spice stained, or, mm. or it's similar to the spice stained fur that we saw of one in Solo. So yeah. there's one that appears in Solo, named Senna um, or Cena. Yeah. Again, help help us out, Wikipedia. <laughs> You're right, though. Uh, yeah, like this one this one was kind of like a light brownish color, whereas the one Rogue One is white. Yeah. yeah. But you know, if you're spending that much time in the desert, like yeah, on. you're gonna be brown. Yeah. You're yeah. Gonna be, you're gonna be dusty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then he, he <laughs> I, I did. I mean, there's a lot of neat, I think, which kind of like you're saying there's more physical acting in this one than, than, than verbal. Cause even he, as he makes his way over to see, help me out of Pete, Pe- Pe- Pelly, Pelly Mabo. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's just standing there with all of the gears, like <laughs> I'm here. Yeah. Like, yeah. like hello. What'd you do? Kill him? You found yeah. a Mandalorian. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and then he gets technical. Oh, it wasn't a Mandalorian. 
You know, and I bought it. You know, I was like, oh, okay. And, you know, this was also a neat, you know, we see this ant, uh, which I originally, on my first viewing, thought it was actually a shout out to A New Hope when we see a praying mantis in the cantina. Oh. But it's yeah. not. It's it's an ant, which uh, I found out was actually a, a killick. A killick? Uh, we don't know if it's Killick or not, but it it is very similar. This is the Joiner King, uh, the book that uh, that mm-hmm. it's featured on. Now, this is non-canon, um, right? The, the the Joiner King trilogy. Um, I don't know if it's really called that, um, but uh, but you can you can see them on the covers. There's a you know the third book, which is really cool. It has uh, Leia holding a lightsaber, and you can see them. Mm-hmm. They're they're a little they're a little different than the than the ant person that we see, but. Is it referencing the Killick or not? Well, what, what I later read was that the director of this episode was the director of Ant-Man. And so right. that was the reason why they probably threw that in there. It's just kind of like a little bit of like a, hey, hey, look at this. You know, it's an ant. And I did Ant-Man. You know, so. Yeah, Pey- Peyton Reed. Um, yeah. And uh, the other thing that I had read was that uh, we also see Dr. Mandible in mm-hmm. um, the uh, the Gunslinger episode. So he is also in the cantina, apparently in the background somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't go back to to see where, but I was just like, oh, well, that's that's a cool, cool yeah. ca- you know, callback. He's a local. Yeah, he's a local. He loves to hang out there and just just play a His local bar. Yeah. Now, now this was the first kind of other than like the the non explanation of the ambush was. You know, he, he's explained to everything that happened, and now he lost his only lead, you know, to finding a Mandalorian. I felt this information was kind of volunteered up a little too easily. You know, like, just like she's like, oh, your guy here knows where, where Mandalorian is, you know, but you need to cover his bet. And you're like, wait a minute. He's just going to say, like, I'm just going to volunteer this information. I'm just like, oh, yeah, like, I, I, I felt it was just too easy. Mm. And then how did, you know he's just taking her for her word, you know, that, that he's, yeah. he's saying this stuff. It's like, and then he's, he's out 500 bucks. It's like, what the heck? Or 500 credits. 400. Oh, the 400. I thought it was 500. Okay. But, but, uh, I think it's the fact that he trusts Pelly at this point. True. I mean, you know, of all the people, like, I mean, and, and maybe he shouldn't because she's just like, later we find out she just meets this person who she vouches for. Yeah. So, I thought that was weird too. Cause it's like, well, what's in it for you? If you're just, just trusting this person blindly, because I wondered if she was getting a cut or something of, of something or just, it was strange. I thought it was strange. Yeah. That, that, that whole interaction there. So if he is Killick, she's able to speak Killick mm-hmm. as well as froggies. Frog. Yeah. Frog, the frog lady language. <laughs> you got all that from that. <laughs> that was, and that's I did love that because that's what I was thinking too. It was like, whoa, like because she, you know, that's all they do is a couple of grunts, and then she explains yeah. that whole thing to him. It was like, I'm glad he mm-hmm. said it because that's what I was thinking too. Hey, uh, we don't even know what uh, you know the hammerhead says in in uh, episode episode four, but um, he, he says, "I love your hair." Where'd you get that? <laughs> that's what I want to see, though. I yeah. want to see hammerhead, like. I think that would be. be oh, the hammer. Yeah, the the throat. Yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah. The the, like, the the if if what are they called? Starts with an I. That race. Ithorian. If yeah, Ithorian. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, they speak out of the side of their their mouths uh, um, or their heads. 
So yeah, so they you know they say like it's just it's all seemed it all seemed very I know mean, they don't have so many minutes to work with this episode. But it's like oh he volunteers information. He's like yeah, they'll meet you at the hangar bay. He's like how do you know they'll meet you at the hangar bay? It's like you just now said it. Like have you talked to this person? Like you're like what's going on? <laughs> That's just me being nitpicky. Uh, but I did like uh, you know when they get back to the uh, the hangar, you see the 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 crate dragon on the, on the spit, you know, uh, Oh yeah. By a treadwell droid cooking it on a pod racer engine. Uh, so it's kind of a nice little throwback to like just things that are very Tatooine. And uh, I also, Oh, oh go, go ahead. ahead. I was gonna say, this is also, which I also found out later as well, is that this is the exact same setup, uh, from the Disneyland, Disney world, uh, galaxy's edge. This is a, that whole, as a reference to that, mm-hmm. that, that, uh, so I guess where you go somewhere to go get something to eat, it's called Ronto's Roasters, and they have that same thing the pod the pod racer engine cooking a slab of meat. Uh, and I have not been to Galaxy's Edge, but uh, that, that makes I. me excited to see that though. Yeah, nor have I. I thought that was really so, neat. Yeah, yeah. And I there's a, but there's also a, a nice there's a neat a couple of neat little things referenced just within just the thirty seconds right here, which I thought was really neat because mm-hmm. you see her come out going, you know, I want it medium rare, not I'm not a Rodian. Rodian. Uh, which I thought was a very subtle joke at uh, uh, Greedo, because Greedo, Greedo's well done. Yeah, he's well done. Yeah, you know? nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, ah, that's funny. Yeah. No, no, that's that's good. I like that. Yeah. Um. So uh, and then and then uh, I mean, right off the bat, we also see how, how Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is a meat eater. Like I don't oh, no think doubt. he eats any any vegetables at all. So. No. <laughs> Yeah, because like you even see him. Yeah, you even see him later on uh, when they crash and everything. He's got a little, like, little metal tin of stuff in there for him to eat, and he's just over there eyeing those eggs. Like, I don't want this crap. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I don't want the rations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So uh, she introduces uh, Frog Woman or Frog Lady, which I guess is Frog Lady is is what she's known as. Um, And yeah. as far as I know, nothing about her species was ever said. So. Yeah. Well, she's endangered. So I did, I, I mean, did that's, think that's those... where the argument is though. Also as well, cause she always claims that, she, that it's just the end of her line. Like mm-hmm. family. I, that's what I took it. It's like, you know, it's right. the last of my family line, not the last mm-hmm. of my species. And so I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. so it's not really important to anyone other than you that your eggs make it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, no, no, fair enough. But uh, I, I, I did think, you know, just looking back and in, in hindsight about this episode and, and where we are with the Mandalorian, just as a, as a Star Wars community, you know, when we when we first started off as Star Wars fans in the original trilogy, it's like you got Squid Face and Hammerhead and Walrus Man and like you know, it's just like all of these, and it's like Frog Lady, Yoda, Yoda Baby. Like it's like we're at this point where we're just throwing out what these creatures look. <laughs> look like <laughs> so um there was one yeah, little also last little cute thing with baby yoda that i thought was really funny in this scene before they actually leave is that you know while they're discussing uh you know and the, and the frog lady puts the eggs on her back you can see yoda baby yoda is first is looking at the at the, the crate dragon and then as yeah. soon as the eggs make their first appearance you see them in the jar yeah. there like his attention just goes right to them and if mm-hmm. you, in this, the shot is actually of uh, the Mandalorian and um, I'm never, I'm never going to say her name right ever. Pelly, uh, Pelly, Pelly. Um, the shot is at them, 
But if you mm-hmm. look just a little bit pan right with your eyes, you'll see the, the frog lady entering in on the razor crest and you see baby Yoda. I mean, high tailing it, chasing her up that ramp, like just like, wow. and it's huh. so, it's really funny. Cause like knowing what we know later, like you see him, mean, he yeah. is just, I mean, violently chasing after her. Like, you know, <laughs> you're just like, that's so funny. Like he's after some eggs. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, this this whole um, this whole setup too with with the eggs. I mean, it, it you know I thought it was interesting because you know we've all thought you know Baby Yoda's cute, he's innocent, but it's like we also see this toddler side of him coming through, or this like kind of mm-hmm. you know the, the the mischief aspect and um, yeah. What I what I liked also, I mean, I mean, uh, I liked that we actually heard Baby Yoda not really speak, but we heard more yeah. vocal from baby Yoda in this episode than I think in any episode we've seen prior. No. Yeah, you're right. We do get some articulation um, mm. and, and some, some words kind of being formed where you're like, okay, is he speaking his own language? Is he, is he just verbalizing and trying to talk? You know, is mm. this, is this like the early formation of, of, you know, him trying to speak? So, um, so we, um, I don't think there's any much, anything else really, to talk about on Tatooine that I can think of um, uh, the, uh, but we, Oh, except for the fact that Pelly's like, wait, one more little concession, you know, like, like she's always kind of right. like throwing one, one more thing. Like it's free, but you gotta be, you know, deliver this person. I'm not a taxi service. Yeah. And sub light. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, you know, well, that, that also is not really explained either. Like, that could have, been a, you know, a nice one line it's like why why does it have to be sublight you know because they don't really explain that i mean i get it like maybe she thinks the eggs are delicate or something but is it something you know why would this why would light speed affect the eggs i don't get it like you know, they don't i don't know that. the only thing i likened that to or connected it to is just the fact that uh, pregnant women can't fly on airplanes at some point in the pregnancy <laughs> right, that's like a, that's what that's i was like good, yeah but then padme flew and she was well into her pregnancy Oh, yeah. Well, but she's human. She's not frog. You know, yeah. maybe there's something that happens with those those frog eggs. Like at, at light speed, they just pop. So well, they're, they un- they're unfertilized. Yeah, they look they look like large olives at, at this point. You know, they're just kind of mm-hmm. green with a little red pimento in the middle. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I, was like, oh. and I then in the jar, wondered, like in the jar, it made me think that even more. It's like oh, too much olives, like in the in the jar. But go ahead. I I also had you know kind of thought like um oh is this you know because we don't know where yoda species comes from you know no. we've always thought that it you know we've always connected yoda to a swamp um because of his first appearance in empire strikes back maybe maybe yoda chose dagobah because he's like this reminds me of my home world mm-hmm. we don't know but it does make me think about that though and like you know if 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 they're if they're used to eating like things like eggs and, you know, mm-hmm. a, you know, kind of a more of a amphibious kind of nature. So I'd always read uh, about Yoda picking Dagobah though. He picked Dagobah because he knew that um, a Sith had lived there. Right. And so him being such a powerful uh, light side force user, if he set camp near the dark side concentration, that it would camouflage his presence on the planet mm-hmm. along with the mass, massive amount of life that's on Dagobah. So, yeah, well, and I, I think, um, 
I think that was established in the the Thrawn trilogy, the heir to the empire. Um, I I can't remember if it was specifically laid out as such, but they're definitely, they definitely talked about the dark side presence there. Um, I, I want to say at least with the cave, maybe perhaps, mm-hmm. but I could be wrong. And if I am, please send us an email at the forces. Well done at gmail.com. <laughs> and at this point, I think we should just go ahead and throw in a commercial break and let you guys listen to this wonderful message. Whoo-wee, that was good. Hopefully it was about frog eggs. <laughs> um, so one thing I, I had read, I don't know if you saw this this trivia about the frog creature and what it was based on. You, no, I, I did didn't. This? No. Uh, it was based on... And and I and I have not seen this, you know. Even though I've I've read and looked at a lot of the old old comic strips and, um, you know, Marvel Marvel comics, but uh, there's a there's a creature called Gribbit the Ribbit. I assume that it's supposed to be Ribbit, <laughs> but it's Ribbit. Uh, it was a bounty hunter first seen in the Star Wars newspaper comic strip in 1981. So, okay. I would I would love to see this image. Um, I'd seen this this trivia note out there, and I'm like, inquiring minds want to know. I want to see this, and I don't have access to that uh, that comic strip, so I couldn't I couldn't dive into the to the archives. So um, I also wanted to make one uh, like kind of correction from from last podcast. I know I had mentioned that um, Sam Witwer was uh, Sam Witwer was uh, uh, made a cameo in the last episode and i was completely wrong about that so uh i know i i think i read about it like the day after and i was like i knew we lost listeners for a reason (laughs) the the actor that i confused or where where i read this from uh was actually uh, josh marino so that is the the actual actor so sorry if i led anybody astray on that one so yeah there you go my bad. So, uh, on the ship, kind of going back to what you were saying, you know, the, the frog lady tries to talk with him a little bit, uh, the Mandalorian, and he doesn't speak her language. And then he kind of turns back to her. He's like, do you speak Hatties? To which he, I don't, yeah, you come with, you were saying like, he, he doesn't really sound confident in his Hatties. He's mm-hmm. just kind of like, uh, the, uh, the, Mm, okay whatever <laughs> like you know, like because she doesn't understand anything i i took that also you know as someone who's late in life trying to learn another language just for fun <laughs> uh i also took it as to mean that that he probably can hear it and understand it but he he might not be able to speak it as mm-hmm. fluently so you know it's like it's it's almost a broken um broken hatties there so uh, which you'd think that you know, with Hatties being such a you know thing in the underworld, and as a bounty hunter, that he would he would be a little bit more fluent in that language. But right, oh well. So, um, the the scenes that happen on the ship, um, you know, basically, and maybe it's because he spent so much time in the desert, and you know, it was hot af out there mm. he just wants to take a nap i mean and i relate to this so much don't blame him yeah yeah so he gets basically the ship on cruise control and is like peace out <laughs> and oh uh this also sets up like where she left her pack 
in the cargo area. I thought that was really weird too. It's like if they mean so much to you, you're not gonna let them out of your sight. You know? Yeah. And they and they weren't even like strapped down in the cargo area. They're just like no. they're just on the floor. Yeah. Like, I like, thought that was so weird. I was like, okay, that's just really bad writing for convenience. Mm-hmm. Or just really bad parenthood. I don't I don't know. Yeah, like at least strap it down if you're gonna if you're gonna depart with it and not have it with you. But yeah, I was I think I think my wife and kids as we were watching it, they were like, "Why is she leaving it away from her?" You know. But uh, we do get the cute scene though where Baby Yoda is using the Force, and at some point you think, "Is he going to?" At first, you're almost like, "Is he going to like?" use the force to create life or that's what yeah exactly that was something i because he he does it well i thought he did it twice but he just does it the one time but um yeah you see him like approach the jar and like Mm -hmm. touch it and you see the eggs all float down to where his hand is and that's what i was thinking too is like he's gonna pull like a darth plagueis you know thing thing here (laughs) and like maybe make this one egg you know force sensitive or something yeah who knows like and i was like oh but no that's not what happens at all (laughs) but uh I did like, and and I think that one of the reasons maybe that we get this this sense of like, you know, I don't know, like goodness, <laughs> as opposed to like carnival, um, carnival, carnivorous, um, the music. And I wanted to mention that, like, I I think this is the first time that we get this little music theme coming through, which I feel is a theme that he specifically wrote for the child. It's very light. It's very uh, optimistic and hopeful and, and almost uh, there's a little, little, little sense of wonderment as we hear it come through. And it's very, um, I don't know. I just, I felt that it was very specific to the child and we hear it again later in this episode too. Um, it, um, I think had I, had I not been like watching it a second time, like just to kind of, you know, you know, really kind of combing through the episode. I, I don't think, I think I would have probably just ignored it and not really noticed it. But if you watch this episode again, listen for, or if you pick up the the soundtrack on uh, a streaming service to listen to it, that's, uh, it's a, it's a nice track. I liked it. I liked the music and uh, you don't really get a sense that he's going to eat. <laughs> and, uh, but that's what we get. Yeah. It was cute though. Cause like every time you see him do, it, it's just kind of like, Oh, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. <laughs> pops her in the mouth. But, uh, speaking of interesting sounds, though, I'm the only one I've noticed that noticed this. But you know, they because they go to sleep, and then what brings us back to the show is this uh, incoming ship sound alarm, which is the oh. exact same sound that you hear in A New Hope um, when oh. when the Million Falcon is approaching uh, Alderaan. Alderaan, yeah, and then yeah, the, Alder, the, Alder. the 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 Alderaan, and the X wing comes. I mean, the Tie Fighter comes over the top, and you know, he's like, "What's that sound?" He's like, "Got another ship coming in." Like that's the same sound, yeah. and it's like, "Yeah, you're that, right." I never, I haven't seen anyone post about that. It's like it's the same. Uh, yeah, no, no, you're right. It, it's it's funny because it's so Star Wars and it's so recognizable, and it just kind of plays in the background. Like, oh, we know what that is. Like something's something's happening. Um, and I wonder, you know, like, is there a way that you can get that sensitivity? Like, because by the time he gets up there, like the, the X-Wings are just coming up to him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, is it, is it set to be like so many, you know, parsecs out, you know, like to, to sense. Or ships? just, yeah. Something coming in out of uh, light speed, you know, in mm-hmm. proximity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now that this was my, another little nitpick I had is that they immediately knew the name of the ship. You know, it was like, you know, hailing the Razor Crest. I was like, well, how'd you know? Mm-hmm. How'd you know that it was called the Razor Crest? It's not like mm-hmm. it's written on the side of the ship. You mm-hmm. know, 
Right. And obviously they don't have a transponder. So it's like, right. well, how did you know it was called the razor crest? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've always, I've always thought that the razor crest was, Oh, the kind of ship. The the name I always thought. No, I'm with you. I always thought Razor Crest was the name of this mm-hmm. specific ship, but this makes me believe that no, the Razor Crest is the type of ship, much in the same way that we call an X-wing an X-wing. Right. Um, but you know, um, but like Luke's X-wings, you know, probably you know he, maybe he nicknamed it Bertha, you know, and Poe named his you know Black Betty. Um, because you know he's got the black X-wing. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Q Poe Dameron in the black X-wing. Listen <laughs> to that song. So. Um, yeah. 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 Go so ahead. No, we I, see, I, I, I we like see a familiar face. Thing. Oh, yeah. We see no, a familiar. No, I, yeah, this interaction here. Oh yeah. So yeah, we see a familiar face here uh, once again. We see Dave Filoni, uh, who is a now quickly becoming a legend in the star Wars community. If he's not mm-hmm. already, uh, once again, flying one of the X wings and reprising the same role, but we actually get, I think a call sign for him, which is Trapper I, Wolf or Wolf Trapper. I Trapper Wolf. Trapper Wolf. Yeah. 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 And, uh, like I said, you know, it, it's one of those everyday things. Like if you've ever been pulled over on the road, that's what it felt like. It's like, oh, God, <laughs> the cops are here. Just play yeah. it cool, man. Just play it cool. <laughs> You get through this, you know. Shut and, up! No. <laughs> Quit your barking. What was that? <laughs> oh, yeah. My, did, my my vac tube is acting up again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which he he actually called it a privy in this episode, which I thought yeah. was interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like, I have oh. that in my notes as well. He and maybe that's more of the the polite term to call it is the privy and not the the vac tube. Right. You know. Yeah, but so. uh, I I kind of got a little bit of an eye roll just because it's like. They were the rebels, and now like they're the man, you know. In this episode, oh, it was just kind of like you always were the cool people, and now it's like, especially when they're like, uh, when he explains to them, you know, like, oh, this ship's pre-empire. I'm not required to have a transponder, and they're like, well, you're under new jurisdiction. That new jurisdiction now you have to have one. Or like, I just want to go like big government. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, Nick. But I wanted to point out, you know, specifically that at the end. I feel like that they imply some type of libertarian justice here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, like we're not do. going to bring you in. We're not going to, yeah. We, but we just, we're not going to help you. Exactly. It's like a net gain, net loss, like like hands off. So, right. you know. Just, they saved his life. That was enough, I guess. And and perhaps, you know, as they mentioned, you know, that the, the ship matches this, you know, uh, the the ship that that uh, you know is wanted for attacking the you know uh, rebel prisoner transport ship. Right. So I like the the callback and the connection to. There uh, is the actually prisoner. a lot of callbacks to uh, episode six uh, mm-hmm. in this episode. But uh, yeah, like to just continue on with the regular line though, like yeah. you know he uh, <clears throat> he says you know may the force be with you, which I thought was kind of a funny thing because like you kind of wonder if it's if it's one of those moments where like exactly like when you're pulled over by the cops and you're being super nice so you don't get a ticket it's kind of like <laughs> you have a good day officer and it's like yeah okay they just sign right here like gosh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and um, there's a little bit of confusion here because it was the same thing kind of like you know like oh yeah one more thing i should send send us a ping which to me i immediately think when i hear ping i think i think sonar on a submarine uh-huh. so i'm like oh but then it turns out it's more like a transponder like a transponder like a flight recorder type mm-hmm. thing so it tells you like where the ship has been i mm-hmm. guess uh in its history 
It's like the license plate. Maybe, yeah. You oh, know, that's true. I mean, because because that's you know we got to run your plates. Mm-hmm. You know, send us the the license plate number. Um, the other the other uh, pilot, um, Captain Carson Teva or Teva, we don't know how to pronounce that, but uh, played by an actor that was in Kim's Convenience. Um, so if you haven't caught that show, it's a very funny show uh, that follows a Korean family. Um, my my wife actually fell in love with that sitcom and uh um but he plays the father from from that uh that show um paul um and i i have it down here but my handwriting is so bad <laughs> so i'm not gonna murder his name so That's why i type it out <laughs> <laughs> uh you you millennials with your <laughs> i'm a millennial by four days <laughs> Four days. <laughs> I kid, I kid, I kid. So I already teased you about the libertarian thing. So we'll yeah. move on. So, but I, I did think it was, it was, I did like this sequence though, um, because, uh, you know, once they really start drilling him about everything, like, oh, were you around the uh, the prison break? You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, you just see the S foils like open up, you know, oh, and you're just I like, love that. Yeah. Oh, like, he's in trouble now, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. then it just hits the gas. Like you just almost want, you almost want like a punch it chewy moment. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I think the, the thing that I, I like too here is, you know, similar to the first episode when I mentioned, you know, uh, seeing, seeing someone wearing Boba Fett's outfit, but immediately knowing that's not Boba Fett, right. you see something happening in the background and you're like, Ooh, you know, mm. like we know what's going to happen next. And uh, so uh, by the way, her eggs cannot survive light speed, but what <laughs> happens next? For real, begs the question: What can they survive? For real, you know, they're telling no how many G's they were taking as they're just dropping into orbit. You know, just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously, um, speaking of, like to me, I found that hilarious in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not full out gut laughing. But I did love the reaction of the frog lady because it seemed to me like one of those like housewife type reactions of like maybe she just maybe she didn't want to go to light speed just because she doesn't like flying and all of a sudden she's getting like all this just like what are you doing ah, you know like we're going to die type moments because she's just screaming all over the place and I, I and, thought that was hilarious and and it, for the for the listeners that have not seen this I shared this this uh, with with our our Owen and Bruce message group here but. Uh, there is a very funny meme that is basically a uh, Uber review, a one-star Uber review that says, it's basically from the frog lady's point of view. It says, the driver nearly got arrested, took five hours to get to the destination, and we crashed at least three times with no seatbelt. Also, his weird green dog kept eating my eggs. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I, I love I love that. That's That uh, cracked me up. So, Thank you, Star Wars fans, for making Star Wars fun. So I don't know if you caught this or not. It took me quite a while to catch this myself. But the planet they're on, the yes. ice planet, is called Maldo Crease. Crease. Yeah. And the only way you know it is if you look at the dashboard on the Razor Crest, because it's written oh. there um, as in, as the location. It says it there, but it's in um Episode one. No, but yeah. But I'm saying the language is in Eberish. Oh, Ab- yeah, Orbesh, yeah. 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 And I so, call it Orbesh. Maybe it's Arabesh. Yeah. So, so that's uh, 
yet to catch that. But yeah, you're right. It's the, it's the very first thing we see in episode one, season one of the snowy ice planet. So we know this planet is dangerous just because of the weird walrus creatures. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about that, but it was, it was funny. I mean, I'm glad that we both saw that, uh, that information about it because when I read that today, I was like, holy, like that, that was just a nice, like I, for one, we know that he's in the outer rim. We know he's only been patrolling these certain areas and it, and it kind of makes sense. Like, you know, him going from one planet to the next, it's not like he's going like all the way across the other side of the galaxy, you know, to these other planets, you know, that they're all kind of in, in this very close sector essentially. So, um, but yeah, another callback that, that occurs in this, this uh, episode. So now, we had kind of mentioned, I think on air, maybe off air, I'm not sure, that we originally thought this plant was going to be Ilum. Yeah, yeah, we were, I think we were kind of like speculating, you know, like, ooh, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, because it would made sense, you know, it is kind of an ice planet, and then you see this trench that he originally, after the, the aerobacks in the clouds and everything coming down, we see this trench there that makes sense, we thought like, oh, this could be where for... uh uh, Force the Awakens, first, where the, the Force Awakens, the First Order. This is where they put the, the new laser cannon and the Soul mm-hmm. Stripper, where they haul it out. It would make total sense. Yeah, uh, but it's not. We end up getting a very much trench run type shot. Hoth know, trench run. Hoth trench run. Yeah. Like yeah. Of course, my mind immediately goes like, Why would you chase him into the trench? Couldn't you just fly over the trench? Just look down at him. Go like, Way, you're just wasting your time, buddy. <laughs> like, <you> know, like, <laughs> Here's a photon torpedo for you. Yeah, down there. I, uh, by the way, this whole chase sequence, like, love the atmosphere, love the ground. I mean, like, it looks great. I mean, the fact that we're getting X wings, the Razor Crest flying through clouds, flying mm-hmm. through this environment, th- this whole chase sequence was was a lot of a lot of fun. So even for, you know, the, the things that we can fault the episode on for, you know, not going further with the storyline as much, uh, what we are getting in these, you know, these moments of action are really cool. Everything from the first speeder, speeder bike, you know, booby trap thing that happens on Tatooine to this, this moment of, you know, between the clouds and, and ice. So, um, uh, he, he pulls some fancy maneuver, goes into like this little crevasse, and I can only assume that that uh, the engines and the you know the the weight of the ship is just too much for this ice. Breaks through, practically breaks the back of the ship, the backbone of the ship. And at this point, as I'm watching it with my family, I'm like, you know, it took me like half a day just to fix like this broken latch on my truck. <laughs> yeah. And I'm looking at this like, how is this thing going to fly? Ever, ever. Yeah. Ever again. again. I, I thought he was dead. Yeah. And that's what made me, I actually did, got another chuckle later on the episode where he goes out to fix it and he has like his little toolbox. You're like, <laughs> yeah, right, buddy. Like, there's no way that little yeah. tool, you know, you're going to need a bigger box, buddy. Yeah, like, yeah. it's just like, you know, like my, my second, my second comment to the family, I was like, wait, there's no auto zone or there's no advanced auto parts. There's no like, not for miles. Like, you've got nothing to repair. It's like I have to like order parts on Amazon just to get like this one little thing so that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and good luck if it's like, you know, actually works, you know, by the time it gets there. So, um, and, you know, I mean, it, there is a little bit of, uh, you know, they're not letting us know that the ship is still workable. It's just that the hull is basically breached and, and broken yeah. apart as well as the guns. 
Um, you can see the gun turret actually like smoking in one of these, sh these shots. Cause as I watched it a second time, I'm going through my mind like, okay, so how did the X wings find him again? Yeah. Um, so two, two thoughts on that. Um, one, uh, he uses those, those detonators later to kill one of the giant spiders. Mm -hmm. Like he uses those three creating a huge blast that sh surely should have been seen. Um, and then my other thought was, uh, and we know that Luke's X-Wing had this because as, as he approached Dagobah, he was looking for life forms and he True. had R2 scans. So that was my other thought. Like perhaps one of their R2 units is actually scanning for life. Hmm. So both good thoughts. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, as, as you're watching it and, and we are nitpicking and saying like, well, how does this, and how did this, you know, it's like right. filling in the, we're here to fill in the gaps for you people. <laughs> I mean, I think both are really, really uh, plausible theories because, yeah, the explosion was big and mm -hmm. you could easily see like an R2 unit going like, oh, we've detected. It, yeah, kind of detected a, a major blast in this area. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you know, his firing, you know, with the the flame torch and, and like all of the blaster shots wouldn't have been seen. But those those three three charges that he lays out. Yeah, that definitely would have been been enough to, to draw their attention back. And they knew that he was in that sector. You know, they knew that he was in the that region. So, um, uh, yeah, I know we skipped around a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so later, when like when they come to and and um, Frog Lady actually has her eggs back and everything, she um, shows him the eggs and the, particularly like a, a little device that's on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's she was trying to tell him, I guess, that it's too cold for the eggs to survive, is what I mm -hmm. assumed. But I also thought it was weird. It's like the the numbers, the the number sequence that's on there. It almost looks like the Predator language. If you've ever been huh. with a fan out there of the movie Predator, that they're the same color red, and they have these little weird dashes. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's like, wow. It's like they're almost like Predator. <laughs> yeah. And it's not only like that's like there's another predator thing I noticed as well that I wrote down in my notes. I'll get to it. You mean the alien spiders? The alien spider, yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah. It's like, I thought definitely thought of alien with the, with the hatching and all. That. I was like, oh, they just need to go. Oh, over. oh, for sure. Oh, totally. So we get. Oh. So he wakes up from the crash. She's basically laying there cold, mm -hmm. you know, because I mean she is cold blooded, being a frog person. Um, and he helps her up. They. They find a few eggs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, he's basically like, I can't make it out of here. I'm just going to sleep it off. I'm still tired. <laughs> right. Right. Like he takes one look around. And he's like, sorry, <sighs> lady. We're, we're, yeah. Which, by the way, if I've ever been frustrated about something, I just give up and take a nap. So I, I totally relate with him on this part. Oh, man, I, I thought that was kind of well. It is strange. It's so strange that he went to take a nap because he was sleeping. Yeah. Before the X Wings got there, then he just takes a quick little thing. He crashes. He gets knocked out. So he's sleeping again, mm -hmm. and then he wants to sleep some more. Like what the heck, man? Yeah. It's like, oh, he's napping. Yeah. You know, give her, give, give her a little something, you know, for the effort. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but but this, uh, this does set up, and and it would have been almost interesting had they just sidestepped the like get up tell the lady like shut up if he would have just woken up to the robot voice mm -hmm. 
like just jump to that, you know, like like that. Yeah, I could see that. That would have been much better. I I thought that was neat though, because mm-hmm. um, yeah, you, you she wakes up to uh, the voice of Zero, the droid from Episode Six once again. So yeah. we've actually had a couple of episodes. Uh, I mean, references back to Episode Six in this one. And uh, it took me a second to realize who it was. I don't know why, but I was like, I was like, I've seen that droid. Where's it from? I'm like, oh yeah, it's a smart <laughs> one that calculates it. But this is where she finally explains, you know, this is the extinction of her family line. And of course, she guilt trips him. You know, like that, that's always going to work. You know, I thought you were true to your word. That the yeah. Mandalorians had a code. But but not only that, but she says, I guess that's just something they tell. Oh right, ch- ch- children or something like that. Cut to Baby Yoda's face, like for real, Daddy. Yeah. Like I really felt like, and again, you know, I mentioned like the the father son connection, like here happening, like. And I guess the only the only thing that I would say that is worthwhile about him getting up and actually going back to sleep, which I I still don't quite connect all of those dots, but you see that moment of her huddling with her. Mm-hmm. you know brood essentially and baby yoda huddling next to him and so you have this very much like uh you know familial moment happening between both of them where they're they're kind of with their their children so um and and then yet again later when he goes out he's like fine i'm gonna go out and fix it I felt like every father could relate to this, this episode. Like I don't, don't want to go do this, but you know, she's guilt tripped me into this. She's made fun of me in front of my child. I better go like take care of whatever it is goes out, you know, he's working on, and then he's, and I've also been in this situation. Hey, why don't you come help me? Yeah. You know, you're talking to your child. You're like, instead of standing there, like doing yeah. nothing and eating eggs. I feel, I feel we needed that scene with him just like holding the flashlight, you know, or something, <laughs> you know, the baby over there. Just like, uh, but you were helping hold the flashlight better. Call. You know, <laughs> baby, you're crying because he's not doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or the scene from uh, a Christmas story. Christmas, where, yeah. yeah where, where he actually <laughs> bumps, bumps all the parts and you lose the, no- the bolts. Um, <laughs> But uh, another, this is the scene that you were talking about, though, where where Baby Yoda actually like uses some language here, yeah, to get his attention. Um, and there's also a really cool moment where Baby Yoda's eyes kind of like are like looking, like the, they they actually are squinting a little bit, and he's kind of like looking to see where she went almost mm-hmm. um, as he comes up, and and he actually uses his his visor scanner to to see the heat signature of the that that's what I that's where I wrote Predator down again because like this is the second oh. time we've seen this, and so it's like he turns on the Predator vision, you know, Predator like, vision, you're just like <laughs> just tracking you, you know. <laughs> Uh, we'll see here. What else we got here? I assume that she also has some kind of heat sensor because how did she know that there is this spa? Yeah, like, a geothermal pool. Just yeah, because it really didn't make any sense either. It's like I mean, I get, I could see it if she's like gonna go. To me, it was a really dumb and risky move, you know, for her mm-hmm. to walk somewhere because, like, I'm sure she was like, well, maybe I can find help or maybe I can find something. And but you know, she's on a foreign planet that mm-hmm. she's not equipped to survive on. You know, yeah, he even told her it's going to get cold as soon as the sun goes down, which I'm sure was right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, she just walks off with nothing but her little coat there and her eggs, and then she lucks up though and finds this geothermal pool, which to I, me felt like a really weird kind of softcore porn scene. You know, like <laughs> she's over there just kind of like just chilling naked in the 
<laughs> in the in the pool there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I again, I think there is just that aspect. I, I'm I'm relating it to the fact that she's cold blooded. She's sensing heat or warmth someplace, mm-hmm. and she's she's going towards that warmth. And that's how she found this, this pool, you know, maybe, maybe she didn't know what it would be. You know, she's not thinking like, Oh, it's going to be a day spa, but maybe she's thinking like, Oh, there's warmth over here. I'm going to go see what that is. It could have been like Yellowstone for all she knows. You know, she could have put her hand, it could have melted her hand off. No doubt. No doubt. (laughs) (laughs) But instead she's just like, yeah. And, and these eggs can't go through light speed, but they can go into this acidic bath of some water that you have no idea. Like if it has yeah. a pollutants, mercury, she, no idea, like, yeah. she must have had a pH kit on her or something. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's in that little, little, you know, tank that she has yeah, there. She, yeah. <laughs> My other thought too, with that little tank has had a reading of like two bars on it. So maybe she needed to get fresh water for it. That could have been another good reason too. I was, yeah, I, I assume because they were blue that it was some kind of temperature warning of like, mm-hmm. oh, it's too cold for too these cold. eggs to to live. Because that's why else would she put them in the heated pool? Yeah. You know, and then, but who knows? Who? Uh, good thing it wasn't chlorinated and it didn't have any, um, yeah, acid in it. So, um, you know, Mando is is basically like, come on, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. I mean, it was cute though, because like you, know, you see, uh, Baby Yoda once again reaching for the egg. Oh yes, yeah, and it's very much a father son type. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, I said no. Yes, you know? and I, then yeah, that, that that was good. That uh, <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> come on, come on, so Dad. Like, I guess I can't eat these eggs, so I'm gonna go have a frozen popsicle egg. Yeah. Now I thought that was weird too, because like I almost at first first viewing I thought he did the same thing he did with the eggs in the jar earlier, like because he walks up to one specific egg, and I thought at first he he was going to put his hand on it, but you know he said he just rips it open and he just happens to find the one that's dead. I was like, how did he know that that one was dead? I don't think it was dead. You don't? Okay. I my understanding of this was that. Basically, he opens up something that hasn't been born yet. Um, I, I don't know why, but he he opens up something that is basically like not ready to hatch. Mm-hmm. But because he kills it, that's the thing that triggers. Okay, that's the like, thing that triggers all the spiders to come. Okay, okay. I mean, it's just it was because like when he opened it up to me, it looked all crusty, like you know, like mm-hmm. it, and I was like, "Oh, is that one dead? Like a dead spider?" You know, it would be like all kind of like that, and then he eats it and it looks crunchy. Whereas, in you know, as soon as it pans out, they're all moving then, mm-hmm. and they're immediately white legged. Whereas, in that one was like kind of brownish. So I don't know. Like, there's some green goo there too, you know. Yeah. So I just. I I just yeah again I took it as like uh, he's prematurely opening up and eating this this spider and then then all of a sudden you start to see them wiggle which um, love the effects of this and uh, I don't know if you saw the Ralph McGuire art for this I did I did yeah um, so yeah, cool that one, that, exactly that one yeah yeah um, so cool this this painting from uh, I guess he started it in 1979 but didn't finish it um, until later. Uh, really cool how this this artwork, um, you know, has the eggs in there. We also see the spider laying an egg. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke approaching, you know, wearing his classic X-wing uh, outfit. Um, 
and uh yeah the creature the creature's information is all right there the eyes the 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 you know weird legs and and mm-hmm. um yeah and this was so, supposed to be on Dagobah though instead of uh, correct yeah, yeah this was this was going to happen on Dagobah he was going to interact there was a lot of more stuff that Luke was going to interact with on Dagobah I mean there was like a whole I thought there was like a there was a I'm trying to remember but he was supposed to like I, I'm just going to murder it, so forget about it. I'm not going <laughs> to dive into it. But there was a whole other thing, like adventure, that Luke was going to have to interact with before he even met Yoda on Dagobah. Um, so now, do you, do you want to try to attempt to say the name of what these spiders are called? I think it's Krykna. Krykna. Yeah, that, that, I could see that. Yeah. Or it's Krykna. Krykna. It's Krykna or Krykna. That's I like how the I, I like the first one. Krykna. Yeah. Um, because it does look like cry. Um, now here's the thing with the Krykna. We see them in Rebels, mm-hmm. um, and in Rebels they have six legs, but these ice spiders have eight. Oh, so just a variety of the species. I, that's how I understand it. So just like how we have Jawas with yellow eyes, and now we have Jawas with red eyes. I just mm. think it's a different planet, different rules. Um, but uh, yes. Yeah. For anyone out there that's interested, though, they were in season two. The episode is called "The Mystery of Chopper Base" that they were in. So. Really establishes, and and for for those that haven't watched Rebels, uh, I, I and, or for those that have, I think it really establishes something that uh, Ezra is able to do with with creatures, if I remember correctly. So, um, but it, it does kind of, I think it's kind of setting up. A familiar familiarity you know, <laughs> with seeing things from rebels mm-hmm. that's going to kind of happen throughout this season. You know, you're going to see a lot of these animated things now. Be, see them in real uh, film. Now, I had, I saw this on the the Twitter universe or what have you, and I I just have to say, like, I thought this was hilarious. But um, Ezra is the one character that could appear and call the child baby yoda because he's seen yoda and he's going to look at that and say oh that's a baby yoda huh it's true or ahsoka ahsoka could as well true that's true ahsoka's seen seen yoda so hmm. like oh it's a baby yoda <laughs> i don't think they'll <laughs> ever got call a name yeah, it's got a name what is it i don't know he's only been with me for two seasons i never asked him <laughs> <laughs> It's just whatever gurgle. As uh, as these creatures begin to hatch, and, and this was one other aspect of that I I did enjoy, even though at this point um, in the show I am just like ooh, like like I don't care what you feel about spiders. Um, I hate spiders. Yeah, like I think I think everybody has that just natural reaction. Like like if you see a snake in the wild, you just immediately like ooh, like it 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 uh, it just strikes fear into you. I liked how they depicted that there were all shapes and sizes of these, mm-hmm. you know, that there were, there were different, you know, Ooh, different ages. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they just come in everywhere. Right. Well, one thing I wanted to say, uh, Oh yeah. Before, go ahead. I, I also know that back to the baby. I loved as well, this scene after they're hatched and, you know, and you see just Mando and the frog lady, like putting the eggs up, you hear this very much dad kind of cry. Oh like, yeah. 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 Ah! Dad, I messed up. You know, like, you know, just kind of scooting over to him, you know, and he just like picks him up. He's like, okay, let's get the heck out of here. You know, like, 
And we see the the frog frog lady uses her, her special ability, which we had already seen her use uh, her tongue when mm-hmm. she was eating rations um, earlier in the the uh, episode. But she uses it to grab her clothes, and she gets dressed fast, very fast. There, I mean, I was like, Phew, those robes must just fly on really quick. I mean, it was sad that we didn't get to see her naked, but uh, you know, that's what I mean. That's why it's like softcore porn instead of yeah. hardcore porn. Because like, you know, she's over there bathing naked in the pool. It's kind right. of like, hey, look at me with my eggs. You know, like, Hoo-hoo. and then like, <laughs> did she just? I mean, she immediately looks at those clothes like, okay, playtime's over. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And we get to see also a special ability that we didn't think that she had, but when she starts yeah. hopping, I'm like, all right, you just took her to the next level, and I dig it. Yeah, I, and it gets like it, you know, it's kind of like with our evolution, you know, like from going from four legs or whatever to being bipedal. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing. Like, you know, with her, she's being bipedal because that probably shows some kind of form of intelligence or sophistication. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden for her to go back and be able to use her primitive or her natural ability to use all four legs, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, it kind of, yeah, she, you know do what you have to do to survive. Yeah. yeah like, uh, no. And, and I, I, I love that. Like once, once she started hopping, I was like, that's right. You get out of there. At first he starts using the blaster. And I think it was even my wife who was just like, why doesn't he use the blowtorch? Exactly. Yeah. And I think everybody uh, was thinking that. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. And then, and then as soon as we see that blue flame pop up on his wrist, we're like, yes, there we is, go. Yeah. Well, I wonder if it's because like he probably only has a limited amount of gas anyhow, yeah. you know, for that thing. And, and, uh, cause that's what my, as soon as I saw them hatching, that's what mm-hmm. my immediate thought was like, Oh, get the blowtorch out. Just, you know, very much aliens, you know, just yeah. the whole thing. But then I think when the big one showed up, you're mm-hmm. like, Oh, there goes that idea. Yeah. You know, so, uh, so then he uses those, those, uh, detonator charges, uh, which again, I think, I think is the, is one of those, those things that we can say that, uh, signals the, the X wings that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Hey, we, we, we think we know where he's at. Uh, they get back to the ship and it is just like a horror movie. They are just coming in every whip snitch. Uh, we get to see them shoot the, uh, you know, the spiders shoot the, the, uh, yeah, like a web, whatever. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, other than the creep out factor and this whole sequence, um, I, I do like how they, they set it all up. I mean, it was, it was very well done. Um, they're, they're retreating and retreating and retreating until basically they are, this, this is it. Like they are basically in the cockpit. Um, even we didn't know that, that, uh, frog lady had a blaster, but she has a little pea shooter yeah, packing heat. Yeah. yeah. She wasn't trusting anybody. Especially she had like a little Derringer. That's right. Yeah. Cause like, you know, cause I'm sure everyone at that point is like, no, not baby Yoda, not baby Yoda. You know? yeah. And then like, you know, one on top of his head, one next to him. And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's her. You know? Yeah. So yeah, cool. I mean, um, she might she might not have done that if she'd known he was eating her eggs. But I wish she was suspicious. Well, especially at the end. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because she gives him the the stink eye. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, they're basically like hold up in here, and then the the basically they they just take it to the next level where the the giant one comes in, and uh, very Minoc esque sucking on the. Yeah. the- and we're seeing that like it you know they're not too long for the world uh, you know when those legs start coming through the windows i'm just like that's it like how are they getting out of this yeah that was actually an, probably my last 
little nitpick too, because you saw two of these legs come through the glass of the cockpit. Yeah. And then when he's when it's all done with, he's like, I need to repair the cockpit at least just to, to get us into space. He's like, what? Right. How did you repair the glass? Mm-hmm. You know, unless you got a pieces of, pieces of scrap metal to weld them over the top of them. Right. It's like, you're still not going to make it, you know, airtight really. So I was like, well, how, I mean, that's just me being scientific. <laughs> like, Yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah, that was my thought is that, yeah, he was just welding on top of like the actual, I mean, he's not welding it to the glass, but there's probably like some kind of a, Connector, you know, you yeah. got a strut in which the, the, the thing could attach to, um, the, uh, X wings come in, as we've mentioned, make some fried, fried, uh, you know, spider, spider legs. Um, my daughter at this point is like, it's going to be Sabine and Ahsoka. <laughs> and I'm like, no, just hold your horses, girl. Uh, and, uh, as, uh, I've also seen, uh, Deus X wing machina, <laughs> the, you know, the ending, the Deus, Deus X machina. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But X wing machina, right. uh, because they, they come to save the day. Uh, it's just so conveniently, and uh, we get this 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 interaction between the X-wing pilots and uh, Din Djarin. Um and uh, like I said, it's this. I I did like what he said. Like you know, these are trying times, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, basically, we see the karmic debt payoff of the fact that he stood up and tried to save this person's life on the prison transport ship. So, yeah, Lieutenant um, Devin. Davin. Yeah, yeah. Uh Davin Davin. Um, but he, he saves that person's life uh in episode six and or chapter six, and now the payoff is is that they they don't save his life. Well, they do save his life, but they don't help him. They right. don't you know, they don't stay around. So now, now did you catch the uh uh what they they actually called the prisoner ship its actual name? Did you catch what that was? No. So this it's called the uh, Bothan Five, is what it's huh. called. And I was like, oh, because that is a shout yeah. out to the Bothan spies from Return of the Jedi. Nice. No, I did not pick up on that. Um, speaking of the the X wings, and we 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 barely touched on it. Uh, you know, earlier in the episode, though, when he says, you know, may the Fourth be with you, and also with you. I think that's the first time officially in a live action canon. Like I've never heard the that repeated back and also with you. Oh, right. But that's something growing up uh, as a kid that went to church. <laughs> right. There was always that like, and also with you like, and so, you know, uh, peace be with you mm-hmm. and also with you or whatever, you know, the, there was a little thing that, that, so it, I, I liked that part. I liked that, uh, that little, um, you know, moment. So, um, so yeah, uh, basically he's like, use the, use the privy because it's going to be a long ride and, um, fixes the ship and they're off. Yeah. Off to Trask. Off to Trask. Um, you know, a a shorter episode, the plot was simple, but we ended up talking about a lot of different aspects in this, this episode. I mean, there was a lot of little things, you know, and, and the action was, I thought I liked it as far as the action that we got, you know, yeah. uh, solid, you know, the, the special effects. I mean, like considering like how they did frog lady, she came off as being convincing, you know, mm-hmm. um, 
maybe more likable and enjoyable than, you know, a Gungan that people hated from episode one. Yeah. Or just some lady that hisses every episode. <laughs> <laughs> you talking uh, about prisoner? Prisoner, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you've done it like six times now, lady. Give it a break. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the episode. Like, I, I think the next episode, we're going to have a, a lot more meat to it because you can mm. see from some of the, the very quick shots we've seen that she that they are successful in rendezvousing with Frog Lady's husband. Yeah. You see the back of them walking down like a crowded street. So, and, go ahead. so yeah, no, I mean, this was one of those things that I remember seeing that that tank full of eggs in mm. that shot. So that was one of those moments where as I was watching this episode, I was like, oh, okay, I I can see where this is headed. Um, and I didn't know how far we would get into the story or where that would go, but I do remember seeing the the tank with the eggs. So uh, uh, in that trailer, I don't think I had connected it that like that's exactly what it was. I just remember seeing that little because it's such a specific thing, like that tank with the the, the eggs, you know. So, um, but yeah, we see the back of her and her husband, who is of a different color. He's he's kind of more of a turquoise bluey kind of color. So it's weird because like from the back, their heads look like kind of brains almost. So <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, but yeah, um, the next episode um, I think teases the fact that uh, Mando's going to get some unexpected help. So, uh, and from what we know from the trailer, that's also when we had the mystery woman that showed up who we were not quite sure, you know, how they're, they're going to connect or fit into place. But uh, um, so yeah, ex- exciting stuff. I, I assume that we're going to get some more Mandalorian action perhaps um we're not going to moncala which was a place that we had kind of speculated this this water planet looks like that's probably going to be trask Mm -hmm. so um i i don't know uh anything else that you can think of that we missed here we 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 really no that was everything i had written down uh like i said you know it just wasn't a lot of plot but we still got a lot of good action and then now we could just make you know a guess of who the robe lady is, but oh, uh, tra- Trapper Wolf's uh, X-wing um, features the words in uh, Orabesh uh, rescue. That was the only other trivia note that I had. So oh, uh, okay, yeah, I, that was just in my notes here as I'm looking through everything. So. Um, and uh, yeah, um, I don't know. I, I still don't know who that mystery woman's going to be. Um, I mean, I think we we speculated like, is it is this an Ahsoka projection? Is it, it doesn't seem like it's Sabine because Sabine almost mm-hmm. you know at least from the Rebels uh, appears to have more of an Asian descent um, look to her. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I don't know. I mean. I'm I'm down. <laughs> I mean, if it's following what season one has done, season three or chapter three from season one was was a standout episode where we got a lot of action and we got a lot of like satisfying like story plot moving forward. So, uh, hoping hoping that that stays true. So, um, and uh, other than that, I, you know. Always enjoy talking Star Wars with you, Nick. Uh, hopefully, one of these days, uh, our our other uh, <laughs> we have co-host, another, we have another host, co-host, 
uh, will join us. Maybe not. Um, if if not, uh, I hope that everybody's enjoyed everything that we've had to talk about with this episode. And again, uh, if you if you like what we do, if you like this show, uh, send us an email at uh, theforceswelldone at gmail.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. That always helps us out. And uh, at this point, I'd like to, to thank some special patrons that make this show possible. We are part of the Jan Jack Network. So if you if you like this show, you can go over to janjack.com, click on the patron link there, uh, check out some of the other shows. But if you click on the patron link, you can you can donate at different levels. Um, and we we also have some some patrons specials. Um, but there are certain patrons that make this show possible. I'd like to thank them. And as always, I. I I work so hard to come up with these names. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> me, 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 me. Uh, I'd like to thank Tax Taxi Service to Trask. He's not a taxi service. <laughs> Eckhart, Richter, Eckhart Richter's Razor Crest Wreckage. I like that. That's a good one. Oh, thanks. Uh, Frozen Spider Egg Ed. Dr. Mandible Maggie. New Republic Justice Joanne, and lest we forget, Frog Egg Greg. Thanks for uh, doing what you do. <laughs> Hopefully I have some better names next week. This was a great show. It was one in a million. What do you think? Definitely. <laughs>